teacher. I, I feel like an intercessory prayer anointing today. I feel like fighting. Do I got some soldiers with me? I'm serious. I, I'm mad. I got a righteous indignation about me today. I'm mad at the enemy. And prophets were so right. We are free. Not only are we free, but we win. I mean, come on. You win. I'm going to help y'all get today. I ain't playing with y'all today. Got to be real to us. We're going to stay right on this thinking. Because after Friday night, I'm still seeing some thinking ain't right. I'm upset. Y'all want to be free? Well, I got the word for you. This is for everybody. I'm going to help us with everything that has been troubling you. It's time to wake up. Snap out of it. Mm. I was dealing with my grandson over the weekend. Helping his parents retrain his thoughts. And he's not two yet. But his spirit. If you don't get him now, because he has a very strong will, like most of you. You didn't get nobody to deal with that will. You didn't get nobody to challenge that will. And even his will got to submit underneath his parents' authority. Just like you have to submit your will underneath your father's authority. Mm. Can I just pastor for a little bit? <laughs> okay. Man. So, he's, and y'all can identify with this, and I think Sai had the same problem on Friday night. You got to get them now. And I didn't beat them. I didn't whip them. But it's the authority that he recognized. Cute and all. He can try to do all that, but mm -mm, right now, that's not going to work with me. So... They get in these crying modes. They just hollering, just uncontrollably. You know how you do sometimes. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pastor. Come on. I'm ready today. <laughs> Roll my sleeves up. I'm ready today. I'm ready to work today. Y'all ready to work with me? All right. This is our portion here at Walking Ministry. You here? This is where God would have you to serve. Right here. Your development and growth is right here. So let's just make it plain and clear. The enemy will try to get you out of here. That's his job. That's why you need to know your shepherd's voice. Because the direction that you're going is in my mouth. That's my job. Then I need to know where I'm going then. All right? Okay, so he gets this screaming fit. 
Okay, I'm, I'm going to put up for a little bit. All right, let him get to where he want to go. You saw me. Certain levels. Sometimes they, they get in that zone. They can't hear you. Just crying and won't even give you no eye contact. Just looking away. Away from the way that you need to go. You got to hear the way you need to go. So, it's always a teachable moment. And there's different levels of this. So, I'm telling them calmly, I need you to stop crying. Stop crying. Stop crying. I don't have to raise my voice. But he can't hear me. I'm right there in front of his face. But he's choosing to ignore me. Like some of us do. Okay, so what do I do? So this is just, it's been a couple of incidences this whole weekend. So he, he, he moved this thing off of my shelf and he just swinging it all around, you know him, just doing his thing. To me. Yes, in my office, just swinging all around. So he won't listen. What prophet is it? In the back. Okay, should she hear me? I got a witness. So I got this little awning that I, I got right now, and I hit it. He stopped. Now I got his attention. Now I need to give him the direction he need to go. Because he was ignoring the whole time. I hit that thing so hard it scared him. But it stopped his thought. Of what he was doing. Now he can hear what I'm saying. Now I didn't raise my voice. Put that back. So he dropped it on the floor. Okay, you bad, huh? Oh, you got the right one today. <laughs> hit it again. Now put it back where you got it. He picked it up. Put it back where you got it. Come on, Mima. But he listened. So sometimes you got to, something got to happen to distract you for a moment. So you can hear. It may be an accident. It may be something. So you can hear what God is saying for your direction. But see, you got to do, it, it didn't just work and that's all it. No, I got to continue this pattern. Sometimes I might have to strike it. Sometimes it's gonna, he's going to listen to me. Sometimes he's, he's not, but I got to figure out another way. So she was doing his hair. So, and he was crying and everything. Oh, I said, I can't do this. Okay, I'm going to go in there again. He's coming back again. And he just crying, just going. All me, all me, you know, the, the gag and cry. Y'all know that one. All right, I don't have enough of this. I got right in his face again. You're going to stop this. Because I already reinforced something earlier. I said, all right. I got to redirect him, his thinking. Okay, I know he likes trains. He got to have something to do while he getting his little hair done. Put the TV on. But I got to get him to stop. I don't have to beat him. I don't have to raise my voice, but I need to get in where he can hear me and then give him the direction or the, the, where he needs to go. And he listened. 
again. I did the same thing with Zai. Set him down. He crying. He, he backing up because he know I ain't playing with him. See, he can sense that. He don't really know me, but I'm coming to him. And he backing up, right, on Friday. <laughs> now, come on, come on. You're going to go with me. So he goes into the room. I sit him down, let him cry. Get in his face. Tell him, you're going to have to stop crying right now. But it's the authority is what he respects. And his will, you got you to gotta redirect his will, just like some of you. You got to redirect your will because you're so used to doing what you like to do. And no one is checking yet. No one. So it's developing his personality and his character and his obedience. But he's got to be challenged in the right way so he can develop in the right way. Healthy. I don't want him to be fearful because I raised my hand or whatever. I want him to listen to what I'm saying to him. I want to make my contact with him verbally. That's why we pray with God, because he's trying to make our contact verbally. Yeah. So you got to, parents, you got to reinforce that and you got to work together. Husband and wives, you got to work together. If you don't, they're going to end up like you. For real. Soon as you tell them no, they get upset. You don't do that. I want them to respect authority, not fear authority. I want him to honor authority. And I'm teaching him that he's going to have authority too one day. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that. This is what we're not going to do. And you can hear me. You yell, they, they, they close their ears up even more like you do. <laughs> Tithe. Give a liberal offering. They shut their ears. Stiff neck people. Shut their ears. <laughs> See? I mean, dude, I'm going to, you come here, you're going to get the truth. Because that's the only thing that sets you free. <laughs> A lot don't keep you, a lot keep you in captivity. All right. Y'all, y'all ready? All right. Can I show you something? What? I got, a, I got a whole plethora of things. <laughs> go to, go here. Go here. Good to see everybody. Man, I love what I do. I love y'all, and I need y'all to continue to fight. But I'm gonna, I want to help some of us. I want to make sure that I've reinforced some things that what the prophet said, you are truly are free. I'm going to help you with what happened with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to bring it right to you, the things that happened to you. I'm going to show you what's going on, why it happened to you. Yeah? But first, I got to give you a weapon, a hidden weapon. Let me see if y'all catch it. Go to Psalms. 
Oh, that the people would just praise their God. Go to Psalms 149. Amplified. All right. Y'all ready? Come on, man of God. Psalm 149 at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Praise him in the assembly of his saints. All right. I'm going to show you what praise does and what it is. All right. Yeah, it is, but they don't hear that. It's just, it is. It is. Because if you did, you will understand something. I'm going to help you. All right? Come on, continue. But he, he didn't exclude everybody. He said, praise the Lord, right? Sing the, to the Lord. A new song. Not the same one. All right. Where? In the assembly of where? The saints. That's you. Let me see if y'all got some new songs. Go ahead. Verse 2. Let Israel rejoice in him, their maker. Mm. Let Zion's children triumph and be joyful in their king. Mm. Verse 3. Let them praise his name in chorus and choir and with the single or group dance. Oh, oh, oh. The single or the, the group dance. This is what you're supposed to be doing. In the Lord. No, in the Lord. And if I'm in the Lord, I got to have the Lord's music. I'm going to do it. I won't do it. I was going to do it, but I ain't going to do it. I need the Lord's music because his music is played with the heart. Secular music is not played with the heart. It's played with the soul. It's played with the flesh. So I can't praise God with that. Now, y'all don't want to hear the truth. That praise today was so awesome. Did y'all hear the elevation and the anointing on the whole group back there? On the group. Did y'all hear it? That's what's supposed to be happening. All right. Come on. Let them sing praises to him mm. with the tambourine and lyre. All right. We did that. Thank you, uh, Avery. We did that. Come on. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with mm. salvation and adorn the wretched with victory. Come on. Let the saints be joyful in the glory and beauty which God confers upon them. Look at that. Let them sing for joy upon their beds. Hold on. Let them sing for joy upon their beds. That means that while I'm asleep, there's a part of me that still want to praise and continue to praise while I'm sleeping upon my bed. See, see, if you're connected in your praise, it don't have to stop. It can continue even when I sleep, 
let it be upon my bed. Y'all ain't praying. Y'all ain't. See, see, so when you have these dreams, see, you got to understand this praise. When you stop, you still should be praising right now. Okay. All right. I'm going to help y'all because I, I can't do this defeated spirit. This war is me spirit. Come on. Let's find out what's going on. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their throats. Hold on. Let the high praises of God be in their throat. Hold on. Come on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Watch this. And a two-edged sword in their hands. Hold on. Where that come from? Hold on. It just manifested when I'm praising? Hold on. Something just manifested while I'm praising. No, y'all missing it. Let that praise be in your throat. But look what just manifested right here. A sword is in my hand now. What you use a sword for? I told you praise is a weapon. Y'all ain't missing it. Sitting right there in the scripture. Watch what happens. Next. Verse 7. To wreak vengeance upon the nations. And chastisement upon the peoples. Peoples. To bind their kings with chains. Hold on. Do y'all see that? A praise is doing this. See, you ain't got to talk back to nobody. You ain't got to get evil, mean with nobody. Anything that ever happened to you. No, what you won't do is this. Because he's going to put something in your hand. Come on, come on. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. Y'all see that word fetters right there? That means, it, like, it means the word means to braid, to twine together. That's right. Watch this. Verse 9. Look at what it's doing. To execute upon them the judgment written. He, the Lord, is the honor of all his saints. Praise the Lord. Huh. Hallelujah. Hey. Woo. But you won't praise God. You're complaining. He's in there trying to get something in your hand and he's going to take care. He said of all, he said nations and people. And you won't praise him. Sitting right there in the scripture. Go back, go back up one more. <laughs> go back again. Listen, listen, two, listen, go back one more. All right, go back. Go ahead, go ahead. Keep on, it's all good. Go ahead. Let the high praises of God be in their throats. Okay, so I was praising God, but now I'm going to put the high one there. Something about to happen now. Something about to happen. Something about to happen. Manifest and take care. Let the high praises of God, listen, be in their, high praises of God be in their throats. And a two-edged sword in their hands. I told you praise is a weapon. Man. Go through the word to search the word for the truth. And it is truth. But what do what is the missing element in your life? You won't praise God. Finish it. Go ahead. 
finish it. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands to wreak vengeance upon the nations and chastisement upon the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. He, the Lord, is the honor of all his saints. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, come on, y'all. For real? What you saying about? You won't praise God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. Whew. Let's dig on in. Says, that didn't move you. I'm going to be upon my bed. I praise this. I'm going to be sleeping. My spirit still going to be praising God and saying hallelujah. And while I'm doing that, he's fighting. He put sword in my hand. I can use that as a literal sword or the word of God. But it's still going to take care of my enemies. It's going to bind them, put them in chains. It's going to blind them. Y'all are feeling too much. Y'all feeling too much. Let's get down to it. I got a couple of, man, I got to get that spirit up out of here. The one that opposes the word, the truth. Whatever happened to you when you were a child or even an adult? Whatever happened, and something has happened to all of us. Let's get that clear. Right? I said, whatever happened to you, whether you're a child or an adult. One thing that we keep missing, and I'm listening Friday now, I'm listening on what is going on. What are you saying? What's going on? What you have forgotten is that you live in a fallen world. What you have forgotten is that you live in a fallen world. What happened to me? You live in a fallen world. That's what happened to you. That's what happened to all of us. But we just don't know what to do with it. And it's plain to see. Because we're in a fallen world. Right? Sin happens. What you have to remember What happens, teachers, we forget that we have been forgiven. Mm -mm, mm -mm. We've forgotten that we've been forgiven. The reason that you've been forgiven is so you can forgive. This is why this event happened to you. All right. No, no, no. 
You've been forgiven. So you can forgive. Whatever happened to you, it had a person involved. You've been forgiven. You forgot you've been forgiven. So you can forgive. Look up, everybody. So you can forgive. He first loved you. Means that he forgave you. Okay, all right, hold on. We're going to get there. I told you the other week, ingrained behavior is developed over time. Right? This is why it's hard to stop replaying the trauma or the event. Because every time you think on it, it's engraved in your behavior. I'm trying to get y'all to see something. What's going on with you? I'm going to help you with the purpose of suffering. My thing is that we're missing the very elementary things of our faith. That seed of complaint is so deep in you. What we have to do, and I'm going to help you. When you don't do that, you are glorifying the trauma. You are worshiping and praising the trauma when you don't do that. You're giving glory to the event that was meant to destroy you. See, that's the only way you can see that is because you're in your flesh. Hello. I want to help everybody today. We got to get this out of your thinking. You have to stop glorifying your trauma. You have to stop worshiping your trauma. Hello. When you complain about it, that's what you're doing. When you continually think on it, that's what you're doing. You're feeding it. It's like a stray cat. When you feed it, it stays around. Y'all listening? Teacher, this is what happens. You have to start saying, God. See, when it's happening, all the trauma, all the abuse, and all the stuff that happened to you, go ahead. You know what it is. You know that luggage. You know that thing. You know that weight. What it's trying to get you to do is to say, what you should be saying is that, God, I can still see you. You're supposed to be saying, God, 
I can still see you. When that thought comes, you should be saying, God, I can still see you. I can still see you. Oh, my goodness. I can see you on that cross. And with your complaint, it shows that you don't see him on that cross. This is what had happened to me. I'm going to help you. One, you're in a fallen world. You need to understand that. You're in a fallen world. When I got stabbed and, and I got abused, listen, listen, I'm in a fallen world. You can't see that unless you're in Christ. You're just going to see it as trauma. Hold on. I can still see you. I can see you on that cross. Listen, for me. Now I can forgive. See, you don't have revelation of Jesus. That's what's wrong. You don't have revelation of Jesus, what he did on that cross for you. How dare you? How dare you make a memorial out of that event? How dare you tell God this is where you meet me at? How dare you leave that for your children? Because you don't have the revelation of what happened. I want to tear your thoughts down today about what happened to you. I can still see you through this trauma. I can still see you. I can see the veil has been written. I can still see you on that cross. I see you, I see you on that cross. I see you there. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. When I see him then, see now, teacher, I can worship him in spirit and truth. Not until. Not until I can still see him. I cannot worship him in spirit and truth. Because you've made such a memorial over whatever rape or whatever it happened to you. You've made a memorial over that in your life. And every time you listen, you don't do this. You're bowing down, worshiping it. And you're not exalting God. Because you don't understand why. I'm going to help you. Teacher. I can worship him now in spirit and truth when I see him on that cross. You got to say, I can see you, God. Jesus, I can see you. I can see your word because he's the word. I can see you through my pain. And suffering. I can see you through my pain and suffering. I can still see you through my pain and my suffering. Like you saw me through my pain and my suffering. I can see you through your pain and your suffering. Just like you can see me through my pain and through my suffering. See, this is what you're missing. No, this is what we're not saying. 
This, see, you don't have the revelation of what was up there. Now, he looked down and can see you through your pain. That's why I'm on this cross. Because I looked down and saw you through your pain. But you won't look at me and see me through my pain for you. This is why you complain. And you don't understand what happened to you, why it happened to you. You can't see him. He sees you. See, this is the thing. I, whatever happened to you, I can still see you. I can see you through my pain. And he said, I can see you through my pain. And you're complaining. This is not where I need to go. This is where I need to go first. Anybody didn't understand that? What happened to you? I found out what's going on. I need to first stop using it against you. And when you're saved now, it's supposed to work for you. But you still have made such a memorial to it. I want everybody to know how I feel. And it still has me in captivity. Hallelujah. I need y'all to stop glorifying that trauma. See, this is what happens, teacher, when you don't know what to do with the thoughts. When you don't know where to place them. No one has helped you with your thoughts. There is so much suffering in the world. And it is felt by everyone to one degree or to another. Sometimes people suffer as a direct result of their own poor choices. Sometimes people, the result of their suffering is because of your poor choices. Sinful actions or willful irresponsibilities. In those cases, let's go to Proverbs 13, 15. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 15. Good understanding wins favor. But the way of the transgressor is hard, like the barren, dry soil or the impassable swamp. The way of the transgressor. And the ESV says ruin. That's right. So those are some of the choices that you have made. 
Okay? Yes, we all have made them. We've all made them. But what about the victims of treachery? What about the innocent who suffer? Why would God allow that? Hmm? Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm going to help answer that. It is human nature to try to find a correlation between bad behavior and bad circumstances. It is human nature to try to find a correlation, a link between bad behavior and bad circumstances. Or between or controversially between good behavior and blessings. The desire to link sin to suffering is so strong that Jesus dealt with the issue at least twice in the word. Go to John 9, 1 through 3, amplified there. Let's read that. John chapter 9 at verse 1. As he passed along, he noticed a man blind from his birth. Mm. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? Jesus answered, <laughs> it was not that this man or his parents sinned. But he was born blind in order that the workings of God should be manifested, displayed, and illustrated in him. What happened to you? What happened to you? Hmm? What happened to you? See, you got to have understanding. You don't know how the kingdom works. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why me? Why was I afflicted with this? Mm. Okay. His disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? Did this man, did his parents, or was he born like that? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. I love it. The disciples made the mistake of assuming that the innocent would never suffer and assign personal guilt to the blind man or to his parents. Jesus corrected, listen, their thinking. Saying, this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. What happened to you? Do y'all hear me? That tragic thing that happened to you. See, you don't know the word. He answered that question right there. Why? Okay. I mean, did I hear a sound? Did something just drop off? That weight you've been carrying? 
That guilt and shame and had it did it did, did it drop off yet? hate the enemy. The man's blindness was not a result of personal sin. But rather, God had a higher purpose for your suffering. God had a higher purpose for your suffering. See? But all that getting, get an understanding. See, we don't know how to really look at our life once you got saved. God had a higher purpose. Star, he had a higher purpose for you. Rita, he had a higher purpose for you. Cindy, he had a higher purpose for you. Fee, he had a higher purpose for you. Frida, he had a higher purpose for you. Renika, he had a higher purpose for you for what happened to you. Pastor, he had a higher purpose for what happened to me. There's another time. Jesus commented on the death of some people killed in an accident. Matter of fact, let's go to Luke 13. Y'all been giving too much glory. You've been worshiping too hard with the enemy. Luke 13, 4 through 5, amplified. Watch this. Luke chapter 13 at verse 4. For those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were more guilty offenders or debtors than all the others who dwelt in Jerusalem? Mm. I tell you, no. But unless you repent, change your mind for the better. And heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins. Mm. You will all likewise perish and be lost eternally. Except you repent. Y'all heard that today. Okay. <laughs> Let's find out. Those 18 who died when the Tower of Solomon fell on them. Do you think that they were guilty? Listen. Than all the other ones living in Jerusalem. Right? And I love what he said. He said, I tell you no. But unless you repent, you too will perish. In this case, Jesus, listen, again discounted the notion that tragedy and suffering are the results of personal sin. He discounted that. At the same time, Jesus emphasized the fact that we live in a world full of sin and its effects. Therefore, listen, everyone must repent. This brings us to 
the consideration of whether such a thing as innocent, technically speaking, even exists. According to the Bible, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? Romans 3, 23. Therefore, no one is really innocent. No one is innocent in the sense of being what? Sinless. Y'all following? We are all born with a sinful nature. Even our cute little babies, even they, they got a sin nature. A rebellion sitting right there at the door. Soon as you put the truth in front of them, they have a choice to make. That's in their nature. And a lot of it depends on how you minister to them, how you discipline them. Because they're looking to trust you unconditionally. All right. That's what God is trying to get us to do. We were all born with a sinful nature, inherited from Adam. And as we already have seen, everyone suffers, regardless of whether or not suffering can be linked to a specific personal sin. Yeah? Sin affects and permeates everything. The world is fallen, and all creations suffer as a result of that. Okay, that's Roman 8, 22. Most heartbreaking of all in suffering is suffering of a child. Children are close or the closest to innocence as we probably ever get in this world. And for them to suffer is truly tragic. Sometimes. Innocent children suffer because of the sin, listen, of others. So when you were victimized, what happened to you was because of sin of others. Not you, but sin of others. Sin affects everything. I need you to hear this. Innocent children suffer because of the sin of others. Neglected, abuse, drugs, you know, drinking, etc. We can fill in the blank. Incest, we can fill in the blank. Rape, we can fill in the blank. Murder, we can fill in the blank. In those cases... We can definitely say that the suffering and the result of that is personal sin. Just not theirs. Say, say it to yourself. It wasn't my fault. But I live in a fallen world. I hope that brings some clarity to what happened to you. 
It's not necessarily your sin, but it's the sin of others. Hello? Is that helping you? those cases definitely says that suffering is a result of others personal sin so when you were attacked or whatever it was their personal sin right so we learn the lesson that our sins always affect others around us well your sin in your home in the privacy of your home when you don't think it's affecting no one it affects everyone you know why because it's spirit You think because no one knows what's going on in your home, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect creation. It says it does. All creation. The cosmos, everything, your cheating on your wife affects the atmosphere. It affects the cosmos, everything. See, but you don't know, you, you, you don't see the effects, you don't understand the wages of sin. When you hold an ark in your heart against your brother and your sister, see, you are affecting, listen, the atmosphere around you, your home, your family. You allow the enemy now, now that job that you so covet, you put that in jeopardy. Your husband or wife that ain't saved, you put that in jeopardy. Y'all don't want to hear the truth. You don't understand the sin, but it does. Our sin always affects others. Always around us. Other times, innocent children suffer because of what some call acts of God. Watch this. Natural disasters, accidents, children with cancer. They're suffering. You're living in a fallen world. Natural disasters. You get typhoons and, and all tsunamis. All this happened. You see all these children don't seem right. That's the first thing we say. Have a miscarriage. Don't seem right. Child, don't seem right. We're in a fallen world. And sins affects everything. Everything around you. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here we go. Even in those cases, we can say that suffering is the result of sin. Generally speaking, as I told you, because we live in a sinful world. We forget. We forget. Don't we? How could that happen? How could I do that? You forget you live in a sinful world. The good news is that God did not leave us 
here to suffer pointlessly. Yeah? Job. I ain't got time to go there. Go to Job 1. <laughs> 1 and 2. Sound like somebody was there. <laughs> Job chapter 1 at verse 1. Mm -hmm. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was and that man was blameless and upright. Mm, start that over. There was a man in the land of Uz mm -hmm. whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. Mm. And one who reverently feared God and abstained from and shunned evil mm. because it was wrong. And there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. Mm-hmm. Verse 3, mm -hmm. he possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very great body of servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Okay, we can stop right there. We know the story of Job. Blameless, upright, but look what happened to him. Lost his animals. He couldn't make his sacrifices anymore for his children. Lost his children. Natural disaster. Just like I told you, it seemed wrong, don't it? It seems unfair to Job, this upright and blameless man. Like you. You just minding your business. And because of someone else's personal sin, you were affected. We don't have to go far. It's right in the word. Yeah? Okay. But God can redeem that suffering. But God... Can redeem that suffering. Just read Job. Y'all reading it with the wrong lens. But God can redeem that suffering. What you've been through, what you're going through, and what you're going to go to. He can still redeem that suffering. Y'all playing with the word of God. We're playing with it. Stop making the memorials. Stop worshiping what happened to you. That seems harsh, Pastor. You don't know what that feels like. I said, I do. I carry my own. You think you're the only one to abuse? Hello? You think you are? You think you're the only one? You have a pastor that's designed for your wilderness journey. A little piece of you is in me. 
That's why I can identify with you. Moses knew what it was like. He knew what it was like for the Israelites to listen to worship other gods. He, he knew the pull that they had. Oh, man. He knew what it was like to have his mother abandon him. But it saved him to save the other people. I need one person to sacrifice. But you want to cry and complain. You're saved to forgive. And you are to go and get the other ones. With your testimony. Teacher, you were so right. What can you, what have you learned to help others? But all you see is your suffering. And not the suffering of others or your Lord's suffering. You only see yours and you don't see his. But he said, I see yours. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to help y'all get free. Trying to help y'all get free. So this ministry can move forward. And each and every one of you count. See how we think? This is how we think. This is wrong thinking. God can redeem us. He can redeem that suffering. Oh, thank you, Lord. He, he redeemed mine and birthed the purpose in my life. Well, I couldn't see him as a pastor. I didn't even know the word pastor. He redeemed my suffering. John, he redeemed your suffering. Hooks you up, link you up with your man of God. So now your purpose. Listen. Just about to get started. It ain't you ain't seen it yet. You ain't seen it yet. You ain't seen it yet. Make sure you do though. Our loving and merciful God has a perfect plan. He has a perfect plan to use that suffering to accomplish his threefold purpose. Go ahead. Look at that thing that you got. Look at that thing that 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 has you, that had you. Gosh, I got a plan for that. And it's threefold. And it's threefold. I'm gonna say it again. Our loving and merciful God, listen, has a perfect, He has a perfect plan to use that suffering. To accomplish his threefold purpose. I need y'all to hear that. See, your plan for it ain't been working. Your plan for it 
it still kept you in bondage because you don't know his plan for it. You hear me back there, minister? But your flesh have you think it's suffering. See, that's how he gets you. He gets you to feel. What's that feeling blinds you. And you can't see his suffering. Because if you could see his suffering, you would understand your suffering. No, you don't. Mm-mm. First, he uses pain and suffering to draw us, listen, to himself. So that we will cling, devakut, cling to him. That's why what happened to you, that's why, that's first why it's there. Because if you don't, it will destroy you. So you can tell who a person, you can tell who's being destroyed. You can look right at them and tell who's being destroyed with it. How they respond. Listen, how they respond to love. He uses that pain and suffering to draw you to himself so that you will cling to him. This is what Jesus said. Go to John 16. Here's another one we forget. John 16, 33. He uses that pain. You know that thing you've been crying about? See, you've just been keeping it to yourself. If I'm going to shed a tear over what happened to me, there will be tears of joy because I came out of it. See, every time you got that in grave thought and behavior, you're still there. 20 years ago, you're still there. Your thoughts are still there. And not there. It's not in the word. If I'm going to cry and I'm going to tremble about it, it's because, boy, I saw you move me out of this thing. That's the joy and the tears that you're going to get. You're not going to get any tears of pain and sorrow. You're going to get tears of joy. That's what he said. Rejoice. What's happened to me? No, that's the wrong tears. That's the wrong response. Keeps a blinder on you. John 16, 33. John chapter 16 and verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace mm. and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. No, no. It said be depressed. It said be sorrowful. Take courage. 
Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. Mm. I have deprived it of power to harm you mm. and have conquered it for you. No. See, you got to believe this. I mean, trials and distress are not something unusual in this life. They are part of what it means to be human in a fallen world. I'm, that's a that's the powerful statement right there. Trials and distress are not something that's unusual in this life. They are part of what it means to be human in a fallen world. In Christ, we have an anchor that holds fast in all of the storms of life. But if we never sail into those storms, we would never know that. I want faith. I want wisdom. I want knowledge. I'm going to put you. I want to forgive. I'm going to put you in a situation. I'm going to put you in a storm. Well, now you will see. I can't. I don't know. I'm not even going to get into other teaching today. Can I? Trying to give y'all something. I need y'all to receive this. Say it again. Trials and distress are something that's not unusual in this life. It's part of being human in a fallen world. That's what the whole thing is. What happened? I'm living in a fallen world. And Christ, we have an anchor to hold on in all of these storms. But if we never sail into those storms, how would we know? How would we know that? Just saying. It is in these times of despair and sorrow that we reach out to him. Y'all know you do. And if we are children, we always find him there waiting to comfort us and uphold us and uphold us through it all. Don't he? He will always show up. Now, he won't show up if you don't really recognize him as that. If you hold more on to the event than him, then you're not going to see him. You're going to say he didn't show up. And then you're not faith. You're not even willing to go through whatever if it don't even turn out the way you want it to turn out. But it's his will. See, you haven't settled that within you. Have I lost anybody? Okay. 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 So we'll go in there. We sail through. We take us through the storm. <laughs> Just talking to myself right now. And if we are his children, <laughs> he always finds them waiting for him. 
That's why I'm going to find that. I'm waiting on him. When he come to me, I won't find him. I'm waiting on you. All right. <laughs> to comfort and uphold us through it all. <laughs> In this way, God, watch this. In this way, God proves his faithfulness to us and ensures that we will stay close to him. And adding benefit is that we experience God's comfort through these trials. And listen, and we are then able to comfort others in the same way. Teacher, your question to Minister Ferdinand was so good. It, it, was, it was so right. What have you learned so you can help others? That's what it's all about. Rita, what have you learned? To help others. Hmm? Cindy, what have you learned to help others through your trial, through your testing? What have you learned? Hmm? You can't if you're still feeling what happened. Now you don't understand the purpose of it. And that's what most of us said. Let's be real. I hope you're free today. I ain't finished. That was just one. I said three, four, right? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> we are to help others. Uh, that's, second, that's second Corinthians one through four. I'm going to save a little time. You can read that on your own. The second thing. He proves to us that our faith is real through the suffering and pain that are inevitable in this life. Did y'all hear that? I said this is a threefold thing. Why you suffer. Right? Second one. He proves to us that our faith is real through the suffering and pain that are inevitable in this life. How we respond to suffering. Especially when we are innocent of wrongdoing. It determines by the genuineness of our faith. It is it's determined by the genuine of genuineness of our faith. Those who have faith in Jesus. And that trauma and that thing that happened to you. Second thing, you found out you got real faith. Mm, mm, mm. Especially, teacher, when you're innocent of wrongdoing. It's determined by the genuineness of your faith, those with faith in Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfection of faith. Hebrews 12, 2, go there. Hebrews chapter 12 at verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. Mm giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. Mm. He 
for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, <laughs> despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And he could have jumped off that cross. But really, he saw you through your suffering. And he's saying, can you see me through minds for you? Good gracious. Oh. See, to change your paradigm, how you've been thinking about what happened to you or didn't happen to you. Okay. Is it working? I had like seven, eight people. Everything happened. To, something happened to all of you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. He is the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. We will not be crushed by suffering. But we will come through the trial. Listen. With their faith intact. This is what we have to do. Having been tested by fire. So that it may be found, listen, to result in praise and glorifying and honoring at the revelation of Jesus. See, teacher, what happens in this pain and this suffering? See, you got to have the revelation of Jesus. Or you won't be complete with it. You're going to feel what you're not supposed to feel. You got to have the revelation of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. When they find you, because of what you went through, they should find you <laughs> praising and glorifying and honoring Jesus because you have the revelation of what he did for you. You're not going to complain about it. You're not going to cry about it. I built my purpose in the ministry on my pain and my suffering, what happened to me, because I simply forgave him. Wonder why something's not starting up for you. I mean, he is the cornerstone. Now, you got to lay the rest of the foundation. You feel me, Q? Mm, mm, mm. I need y'all to be delivered today. We got work to do. You don't want to find you crying in that thing. In that thing now, you're supposed to be praising, worshiping, and honoring him because you have the revelation of what he did on that cross. Okay. Okay. Go to 1 Peter. That's worth the word today. 1 Peter 1, 7. Put that up with that in the ESV as well. 
Read the Amplified. But I like the I like the ESV too on this one. Ready? First Peter chapter one and verse seven. So that the genuineness mm. of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. Can y'all hear that? No, your faith is more precious than what's in Fort Knox. Your faith is more precious than that, that menorah being hewn out of one piece of gold. He's saying your faith is more precious than that. See, I have to put gold because that's the highest commodity here. Should be lives, but it's not. But he said, your faith is more precious than it. Come on, finish this thing. This proving or the of testing your, of your faith. Go ahead. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory mm. and honor. When Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, is revealed. I told you you got to have revelation of who he is. Mm, 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 mm. See, what you should be saying is that, is that all? You know, I know what I went through. That was it? That's all? Anything else? Because I understand what's happening here. I understand what happened to my body. I understand what was, what was going on here. Is that all? Can, it, can I get some more? Yeah. See, you don't understand that. Y'all ain't ready for that level. You ain't ready for that level. You ain't ready for that level. Mm -mm, we can't. No. All right. Mm -mm. The faithful do not shake their fists at God or question his goodness. The faithful do not shake their fist at God or question his goodness. You mean what happened to me was good? He said it was good that he was afflicted. Mm. Well, how come you've been acting differently about it then? Mm? How come you've been acting differently about it if it was good? Now you got understanding. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't it was good. Mm, mm, mm. The faithful do not shake their fists at God or question his goodness. Rather, they consider it pure joy. James 1, 2. Come on, let's work this word. Got about a few more minutes. James chapter 1 and verse 2. Yes. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren. Mm. Whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Mm. Hold on. Or fall into various temptations. Come on, fill in the blank. Various temptations. Now, remember, he can only come what's in you. He can only present to you what is tempting. 
He can only do that. So if you if you fighting with like offense, easily offended, mm-mm-mm. it should be that was the one. But we still got a few sprinkled throughout. If you are easily offended. Guess what he's going to present to you? Guess what's going to come to you? Guess how he's going to enter you? Hmm? Then you got to be careful. When you have that seed of offense, it likes to be planted. That's what it's going to do. It's going to find someone with the same type of soil and plant it. This is how a third of the angels fell. Be careful at offense. An offense, a person who's always offended, it's just an evil heart. It's an evil heart. It's a dark heart. It's a jealous heart. That's what it is. And you need to uproot that. I'm pointing you to it. Now you need to cut it. What you do is go and embrace the person. Listen, for real. Overcome evil with good. Deal with that. That's in the atmosphere. Knowing that the trials prove that they are truly Listen, those things prove that you are truly a child of God when you're able to overcome them. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of, listen, the crown of life that the Lord promised those who love him. That's James 1.12. Go there quickly. I can finish this. I'm almost finished this. So all that happened to you. You got it? Read it. James chapter 1 at verse 12. Blessed, happy, to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. Mm. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Terrence, he promised you something. He promised you if you would just stand. Just stand right there on his word. You ain't got to know everything. Just stand on what he said, on his promise. I don't understand, but I'm going to stand on it. He said, I got a crown of victory over here for you. Crown of life I'm trying to get to you. Everybody, everybody's supposed to get the crown of life. Everyone is supposed to get the crown of life because we all have trials. How did you stand? 
Did you complain? Did you whine? Oh, my goodness, teacher. Finally, God uses suffering to take our eyes off of this world and turn them to the next one. Oh, glory to God. Now, they're teaching you to be right here. They're here and now. The Bible continually ex listen, exhorts us to not get caught up in the things of this world. But to look forward to the world to come. You should be thinking about that. This is where your mind should be. Not on what happened. Use that as a launching pad. Now I can think about what's it going to be like to be with him forever. He's inexhaustible in the things of him. So with him, when you are in your joyful relationship with him, it's always going to be the beginning. It's always going to be the beginning. It's never going to decrease. It's going to always stay right there how it was when I saw you again. That feeling that I had changed my whole life. It's going to be like that. That feeling ain't never going to say it's going to always stay there at the beginning. That's how it's going to be with God. He's inexhaustible. Everything about him is inexhaustible. There's no end to him. Watch this. The innocent suffer in this world, but this world and all that is in it will pass away. The kingdom of God is eternal. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. That's John 18, 36. We ain't got time to go there. Those who follow him do not see the things of this life, bad or good, as the end of the story. Even the suffering we endure as terrible as it may be, it's not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Mm, that thing, that bad thing that so, mm, mm, T, that, that, they, that immune system thing, how it has your body just shut down. Listen, he's saying, listen, if you could just glorify me, just if you can just get one finger up. See, when you got a cloudy mind and you can't think right, you've already had thoughts toward him. He said, I'm going to use them thoughts. See, you got to understand what it is, how you're suffering through this thing. Still doing your business. Still getting up. Still doing your job. Listen, he said, now that can't even compare. The, the, They're saying it's a debilitating disease. You, your back, your, your bones going to fuse and you're not going to be able to walk one day. No. Nah. Even if, even if that comes to pass. Even if that comes to pass. Now, see, you're trying to intervene. What if that's what God's will is? See, y'all, 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 no, no. I just told you that. I just gave you the scripture. Why was he blind? Not because of your sin, because he said, I got a higher purpose for that. 
Because your reward is not here, it's there. See, but you don't understand that. See, see how we lose track of what he said? Don't seem fair. Don't seem fair. That's what you say. So when you walk by a person in a wheelchair or deformed, see, you got to think now and change your way of thinking. Maybe giving God, God placed that on him and not on me. Well, what do you have in store for me? Because I want my crown too. Hmm? What do you got in store for me? Many are the affliction of the righteous. See, I don't look at it like that when I see you in that thing. I hope your paradigm has been changed. God could prevent all this stuff, and of course he could, right? He could take it away. But he assures us that all things work together for the good of them that love him, that are called according to his purpose, to his purpose. To his purpose. All things work together. I could go on with this one, but I want to know, has he left your thoughts now about what happened to you? Mm? Don't you ever bring that back up. Except to glorify God. Tear down that old memorial that you made of that thing. Now glorify him in it. Go help somebody else. Tell them this is how I got out of it. This is how you come successful in God. I'm gonna look at that. There's no death sentence. Man, hey teacher. Woo! Our pastor. <laughs> the word of God is um, yeah, life changing. I, it just gives you a whole new thought and mindset. Hope. I am uh, in a new hope. Amen. A new, fresh hope. It gives you a fresh hope. I was sitting there um, trying to really understand and comprehend the goodness of God and still trying to comprehend why we find it difficult to see the goodness of God and suffering. Why can't we still see him? Uh, the things that we consider to be suffering. And um, I begin to think about my own life. I'm going to make this really short because what really uh, magnified for me was Hebrews uh, 12, 1 through 3. And um, if we could just read that really quickly, I just want to give you a testimony of what God has done in my life, which means that if he's, it's been completed in the body, then it's completed in the body. Amen? I want to bring it home for you to, for a reality of how, because I asked the question, how did I make it through? I asked the question, how did I make it through the trauma? How was I able to live above 
the trauma. Without it, look, without it affecting me. Without it overtaking my thoughts. Without me ever considering, considering suicide. I never considered that, but I asked why. So let's go there quickly. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. Unnecess you can stop there. First of all, the surrounded cloud of witness. For me, I, I believe the word of God. I solely believe the word of God. I, I don't question the word of God. So the heroes of faith, they were and still are my surrounded cloud of witness. That everything that God said he will do, he has already done. And then when it gets to, so let us strip off and throw aside every incompetence, every unnecessary weight. And so for me, that's what really kept me, is that I threw aside every thought that tried to weigh me down. I have two daughters that were molested. My husband, former husband, uh, physically abused me. I was at some point semi-homeless. All the financial, economic things, all what is most likely a horror story. Jumping down a moving van, all that stuff. All the lifetime kind of crazy stuff, right? actually getting a gun as a minister, putting it in my Bible case to shoot my husband because I was tired of him physically abusing me, okay? So with that being said, the thoughts that a mother would go through, and then, then you know, molestation, and it's in the family. Then the, then the molestation from my former husband. So how did teacher get through? Then she's working three jobs. ODU, leave there, go to Burger King. Leave there on the weekend, then I go to a real estate uh, um, agency that worked there. And at that, I'm walking, I have no car. So all the worst of the worst, right? So what did I do? Truly, I praise the Lord. And you know, you don't really, no, I know. I, I praise the Lord with everything that was in me. People really thought I was going, because normally when people praise, people are not quite sure what they're doing. Is it because you're going through something? Or are you really happy about your relationship with God? Okay, they're not sure what's really going on. And so for me, mine was because not what I was going through, but where I was going to. 
I really believed that the life that I was living was not my life, so I wouldn't accept it. A lot of times when you have a child who's been molested, as a parent, you, 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 you have this conversation within yourself. What did I do? What I didn't do? How come I didn't see it? All these different things, right? But I dealt with the one and only one time. I said, I wasn't the perpetrator. I didn't victimize my children. See, the sin wants to spread like a virus. It wants to continue to grow. Already having the children look affected by it. Now it wants to take the mother out so then she can't be a help to the children. I had to keep a sober mind. So for that, a lot of times people don't think that you are sensitive to the situation. See, it doesn't require my emotions. It requires my stability and sober mind. Even at my job, my boss knew I was walking. Didn't know anything else, but she knew I was walking. And she, so I was getting attacked everywhere, at home, at work. I was going to college. So I was, look, I, with all what was going on, I was still growing. I went to seminary school. While I'm going to college, <laughs> then I go home. The man I'm married to, he's jealous of the fact, look, that I won't give in a fold. My father was dying at one time while I was going through all what I was going through. All, see, all what could be traumatic. At times, I wasn't close to any of my sisters, so I'm feeling alone, but it looked like I'm the strongest one in the family. And the strong one get tired of being strong. I saw that there was a curse on the family. So this is why I went to college. I want to break the curse of literacy. That was on my mother's side. See, I saw things, molestation, that was in the family. Curses have to be broken. Hey, hey teacher, hey, teacher. You were the strongest one, but you felt like that, but that doesn't give you, that doesn't make you come off your post just because you're tired. No, I, I had to maintain. Hello, I just want to make sure because people are like, yeah, man, we're tired. No, no, I, I, no, you need to turn it up then. I'm, you're human, so you're going to, I'm partly human, so I felt the weariness. I felt exhausted. The thought of giving up was never an option, but I, my mortal body felt the exhaustion. Mentally. My mind was tired. 
And then the sense of feeling alone because no one really understood me. My situation just made me better. I decided that curses had to be broken. I had to be mentally and emotionally strong because the day of the birth of the ministry, which I didn't see, I didn't know what God was doing, but I knew he was doing something in my life. Thank you, men of God, for being obedient to the prophetess peaches. Amen. Amen. I, I, I love what God is doing in my life, but I didn't know how I was doing what I was doing. I just knew spiritually I had to survive. It wasn't nothing naturally that I could do. It was spiritually. So I would put aside the thoughts. What happened? Why you didn't see it? I mean, are you a good mom? All those thoughts, I had to look. I had to unpack all the, all the luggage. See, what we, do, what we don't do, we don't unpack. I took all the weight that the enemy was trying to put on me. I was delivered a long time ago about being a people pleaser. I had to do this not knowing I was doing all this for the healing of my family. Walking ministry. Didn't know that it was going to be birth. And then so many other things that had to happen within that. What Look, within my suffering. The wholeness of the family. We fail because of our love for this body. These earthling vessels, they are decaying day by day. But this is what, look, this is what we focus on. Our earthly body, how we feel, what we want. But it's a, it's a greater call for the eternal body to actually manifest itself. See, we're not waiting on that. We're consumed with this earthly vessel. Terrence was I was able to overcome. I was able to overcome because I preserved my mental faculties, how I was thinking. So Sydney, what it did, it it alienated me from all toxic thoughts. It preserved me. It protect me from, look, the, my self-affliction. We afflict ourselves with our own thoughts. Go ahead real quick. I'm not trying to, I'm just. 
Go ahead, minister. Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight. Things I don't even have to carry. It's unnecessary. Certain arguments you enter in, it's unnecessary. Mine's as if, if it's not life-threatening, why am I putting my all in it? What case are you trying to build? Unnecessary. And the thing about it, if someone decides to do something, you can't stop them because their mind is made up. Let them go that way. Go ahead, minister. And that sin, which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Stop. Sin itself, really quick, because we know he's missing the mark, right? But sin in its essence is the wrong path. It's the wrong path. And this is what the enemy have us on the wrong path with your thoughts. Go ahead, minister. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Stop. This is exactly what I did. I looked away from all what was trying to distract me. See, a lot of us don't have the strength to look away. We don't have that, that strength to look away, which means that sometimes it's people that you have to walk away from. That's the look away. Because it's holding you back. Oh, that's a real tough one. Look away from all that would distract. See, it's distracting me from looking to Jesus. Okay, minister, just, we're going to wrap this up right now. Who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief? See, I can't believe anymore because I can't look to him because I'm distracted. He's the one, he is the leader of my faith. He's the one that got me and trusting and believing him. But because I'm distracted by life and circumstance, I, I'm, I, we're not going to go through the rest of it because um, enough time have well, went past, is that I just want you all to know in my suffering, it was all a part of God's plan for him to manifest himself and be shown strong in my life, for him to be glorified. See, but this is not what we believe. This is why we can't really praise when we look what we consider to be suffering. See, it's the inner man that drives me, not my flesh. It's the inner man. Because the inner man doesn't see any impossibilities. 
Everything about you should be in excellence. How you talk, how you love, how you dress, how you live, everything should be. And I know sometimes you guys get on me, but about that, why you got, you know, X, Y, and Z teacher or, you know, mom, because I believe everything about God is in excellence. That's why, first and foremost, my mind have to be in excellent condition. And it's today that you have to let go any trauma. Any trauma. It's today. It's not another second. It's not tomorrow. It's today. And I never believe in glorifying anything that didn't bring God glory. Hear me. Your, look, your disappointment, the things that you went through, does not bring God glory if, it, if it's something that continues to take you to a place of depression. I praise, and I truly believe praise is a weapon because I praise harder then. Because, look, praise comes from a place of revelation. Not just because I'm saying hallelujah. It is a revelation that I know God has already done what I'm believing him to do. This is why I say hallelujah. Amen. 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 